Welcome to the Fact Checker Podcast. So we've had a brief hiatus uh, as the Gazette reporters have been doing um, a lot of reporting on COVID-19 in Eastern Iowa. Um, but we're back here today to, to talk about uh, some political facts and some political not facts, I guess. Um, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter, and I'll let the rest of the team introduce themselves. I'm Molly Duffy. I cover education. I'm Michaela I'm Ram. I cover healthcare. And I'm Brian Morelli. I cover or I cover um, city of Cedar Rapids. And if you can't tell listening, we are on Zoom, so it's a little different than usual. And also, Brian thinks he covers higher education. (laughs) I just cover it all. (laughs) It's been a confusing couple weeks. I don't know, guys. (laughs) What do I even cover anymore? I don't even know. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, uh, the, the... The statements that we have to check today um, are from the U.S. Senate race, the primary, I guess, um, going into the Senate race that uh, for the seat that Joni Ernst holds. Um, so five Iowa Democrats are uh, running in that primary, and the winner of that will run against Joni Ernst in November. And so Ernst um, was is a Republican, and she came into office in 2014. So these candidates are kind of trying to distinguish themselves on their websites, talking about their opinions about different issues, what their positions would be if they came into office. Um, and so the, the statements they were checking are statements by Eddie Morrow, and he's a small business owner from Des Moines. So um, he talks on his website, and this is in the section on the economy. He says that he will protect American workers. Um, but the statements that the fact checker is looking at this week are specific statements about what has happened with American workers um, during the time that Joni Ernst has been in office and during the time that President Donald Trump has been in office, which has been since the beginning of 2017. So here's here's the first statement. During Joni Ernst's time in the United States Senate, protections for Iowa workers on the job have been gutted, OSHA enforcement budgets slashed, and workplace deaths have increased. So of that sentence, um, we're not checking the first part where he says protections for Iowa workers have been gutted because gutted is such a subjective term and it's hard to know what what one person would consider being gutted. Um, But we are checking the last two parts. Uh, OSHA enforcement budgets have been slashed and workplace deaths have increased. The second sentence we're checking from this, from Morrow's website is, in 2017, the first year of the Trump administration for which full data is available, Latino workplace deaths increased from 879 deaths in 2016 to 927 deaths in 2017, with foreign-born immigrant Latino workers constituting 63% of those deaths. So, you know, as is our normal process, just to remind folks who haven't listened in before, we usually reach out to the campaign first or the source of the statement and ask them for some sourcing. So documents that were provided by the Morrow campaign include some statistics by OSHA, the US Occupational Safety and Health Administration, as well as a report from the National Employment Law Project. In fact, that was the primary source that the Morrow campaign provided. So I'll just kind of go through a little bit of of what what we figured out here. So on the first claim, about OSHA enforcement budgets slashed. So 
OSHA tracks this and OSHA is a part of the Department of Labor. So budgets going for the Labor Department going back to 2016 show that OSHA's budget for federal enforcement have stayed flat or actually increased since 2015 when Ernst took office. The enforcement budget was 208 million for, from 2015 to 2018. So it stayed the same those three years, then went up to 209 million in 2019 and 221.7 million in 2020. So I don't know exactly where Morrow's coming from and saying the enforcement budgets have been slashed because these numbers do not indicate that is so. But there's some interesting context from the National Employment Law Project. It kind of talks about even within those monetary um, figures. In fact, the report that the Morrow campaign cited actually says that, it's, that the enforcement budget has remained the same. So that doesn't really jive with what he said. But you know, they, this report talks about how they've been slow to fill vacancies um, and that the priorities for OSHA enforcement have been, you know, they haven't been as targeted at some of the riskiest ways that employees might die. So I'm gonna pause there. Does anyone have any comments on that part? Just the part that we're talking about specifically about uh, budgets for OSHA? It seems pretty straightforward what you're writing about. I mean, we have a couple of sources here saying that the budgets weren't slashed. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't know where he's, he's getting that information. Yeah. One, one thing that might be, and I don't know if, it, if it's possible, but like how the increases compare to the inflation rate, if the increases are kind of keeping up with those or not. But yeah, even still, I, I, I kind of agree with Michaela. It's, it's not really clear where he's getting the, the information to say they're slashed. The word slash makes it seem as if the budget has been cut in half or or some huge decrease. And it's it just seems like there hasn't been like there has been increased allocation. And even if there isn't, it's it stayed the same. So the word slash really kind of indicates that there was a purposeful cut of this budget. Yeah, even if the increase didn't keep up with inflation, I don't think that's slashed, you know, like that has to be like a pretty steep reduction, I think. Yeah, I agree. I kind of came down with that too, that slashed indicates a major reduction. You know, and I think the context is really interesting that the, from this group, this National Employment Law Project, because, so they talk about that within the Trump administration, there's less focus on complicated high impact cases. In 2016, OSHA started weighting enforcement actions to give more value to cases that involve a lot of resources that take a lot of time and on cases that involve the most hazardous workplace issues, which is like ergonomics, heat and chemical exposure. And then I forget the other one, but yeah, those are the ones that they talked about and exposure to dangerous chemicals. So in terms of that, OSHA's number of these labor intensive cases, enforcement units went down from 42,900 in fiscal 2016 to ultimately 41,478 in 2018, meaning they're documenting that there is less focus on these riskier um, workplace situations and also the cases that are more labor intensive. And then um, they talk about that later, even more, they say OSHA conducted one third number of inspections involving ergonomics, even though these lead to the most work-related illnesses 
and then inspections to protect workers from dangerous heat were down by half. So I think that's really valuable context. And I think that it makes sense to focus a lot of energy and inspections on the types of workplace injuries that are the most dangerous. So I'm, I'm glad that that context is there, but I don't think it changes that statement about the budget. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, I mean, I think it's really interesting context, but it, it really doesn't speak to what, you know, what he's talking about. You know, it's like, it's like he's conflating staffing with budgets. But yeah, no, it is pretty interesting. And even still, it's not like even if he had said staffing has been gutted, I mean, it's down slightly, what, it's down about 1,500 people out of more than 40,000 enforcement units? Those aren't even people. Those are okay. like this, like, waiting of cases, of inspections. Cases, so kind okay. Of, yeah. Even that would have been, and, and it's, it, it's really nuanced, you know, and I guess that doesn't really fit, like, kind of a quick position statement on your website. Is he trying to say, obviously... I mean, the budget doesn't show this, but is he maybe thinking the agency is doing less work because they have less money? Like, is that, I'm just trying to understand why he would say that. <laughs> I don't know. And there's even a quote from this, <clears throat> this Employment Law Center report that says, the drop in the number of inspectors is not a budget issue because OSHA's enforcement budget remained the same in fiscal 2017 and was increased in fiscal 18 appropriations. Rather, OSHA has been slow to fill vacancies when inspectors leave the agency. Agency, mm. for example, OSHA did not fill any inspector vacancies. So, okay, so it's I almost like know. an uh, like an availability of workers issue, not a, a money thing, right? Or the right. priorities within OSHA have been different under the Trump administration. But okay. I mean, I still agree with you. Inspectors, <laughs> if you have fewer inspectors, I guess it makes sense that maybe you'd focus on less labor-intensive investigations. Mm -hmm. Um, and all that could be very, you know, could be dangerous. But I guess that gets us to the second part of Morrow's first statement, where he says workplace deaths have increased. So that could be an, an effect of, of what he's talking about here. So the second claim. So nationwide, the number of people who died on the job went from 48, about 4,800 in 2015 to 5,200 in 2018. And this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. For 2018, there were more than 100 deaths a week or more than 14 per day. Um, but I just noted too that there were also increases in workplace deaths in 2013 and 2014 before Ernst joined the Senate. But, so that part of his statement would be accurate, that work, workplace deaths have increased. Let's see what language he uses here. Yeah, he says workplace deaths have increased. So that is accurate during the time that Joni Ernst was in office, um, even if there's the additional context that, you know, maybe there were increases before she came into office too. Um, and then the last claim is about um, Latino worker deaths increasing between 2016 and 2017. And that is um, very clearly accurate from the Labor Department statistics. Um, so they show that 903 Latino workers died on the job in 2017, which was up from 879 in 2016. And as uh, Moro said, about 63% of those deaths in 2017 were of foreign-born Hispanic or Latino workers. I mean, if he's making the point, I think he is trying to make the point that, no, he's trying to say budgets decreased and therefore there's more worker deaths. But 
if budgets haven't decreased, that whole statement kind of falls apart. Yeah, I would agree with that. There is something to say, though, about the number of worker deaths that have increased. Yeah, I mean, that's shocking to me. I didn't realize that there were so many workplace deaths a day. I thought that we were sort of in a different era than this. Did the reports that you read, Erin, did they shed any light on maybe why that is and if they have any tie to the fact that OSHA has been kind of scaling back some of these more labor-intensive um, or more labor-intensive investigations? You know, they don't say. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that comes down to politics and like who's going to say, you know, of course you're going to point to the people in power and say it's your fault, you know. As Morrow said in the part of the claim that we're not checking, but he said, Earns protection for Iowa workers and the job have been gutted. So I think if you are a Democrat, you're going to say Republicans aren't protecting workers. And I don't know exactly what Republicans would say to that because there were increases before Ernst and Trump came into office. Anyway, we had, a, I, I just reported in January on a death of a worker at a quarry in um, near Vinton. So I mean, there, these these workplace deaths are happening. If you look at sometimes the OSHA database, you really can see, um, you know, a lot of things happening. I think construction is a really high, a lot of the workplace deaths happen in construction sites. So I don't know if I should provide, would you guys like me to put in a little extra context about maybe like where those deaths are happening? I think that would be helpful. I don't know. I think like any opportunity we have to maybe just like put a face on numbers, you know, it's horrible that there were 903 Latino workers who died. I think making that a little bit more than just like 903 would be helpful. Just saying like maybe they were doing instruction or, you know, whatever yeah. sectors they might have been in. And I do, I know there's some data out there kind of showing like what share of these accidents come from what sectors. Yeah, I think that would help to just like humanize it a little bit. I had a couple of thoughts. Um, one is we just did a fact check a few um, earlier this year, a few, maybe like a month ago about um, Donald Trump job creation under under Donald Trump, and I think there was we had found roughly seven million new jobs had been created, and a lot of that was in, um, you know, maybe fields that would be more apt for like construction and manufacturing jobs were were some of the drivers. So I guess I I don't know if that's part of the context. Like I mean, has the rate of worker deaths gone up, or is it just the number? So I think that's. I'm just kind of curious about that. And then also, do we know how, so this talks about the overall number of Latino workers who have died. Do we know over, like, uh, what's the overall number? Well, the overall number is the one that's... um, 4,800. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. So like like 5,000. 5,250 in 2018. And I think that's the most recent year we have the full year worth of data. Okay. Has the ratio for Latino workers gone up in that time too? Um, I don't know. I can see whether that data set, the, like where they tease out the Latino numbers, I can see whether those have a, like a rate, you know, in, as opposed to just a raw number. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, it's, you know, a must have or anything, but it just kind of makes me wonder because he singles out Latino workers. Mm-hmm. Sort of why. Well, and I, I would guess there's, I mean, I guess it's hard to say, you know, whether we have more Latino workers in the country or less because our immigration policy has been, you know, all over the place in the last. But I'll look for that because I think it would be interesting if you you had a rate in addition to the number for both of those. 
Do you also have state-specific numbers? I don't know if the data goes that far. I just know in the, the claim, he specifically references uh, protections for Iowa workers. So I'm curious if um, we could see how maybe Iowa compares to, to other states or the nationwide number. Yeah, I can see if they have that broken out by state. The hard thing is sometimes it takes a while for these investigations to run their course. I mean, I can't think if someone died, they died. That doesn't really need to be investigated. You know what I mean? Like they don't need to prove that. But like sometimes right. these investigations do take a while when they try to figure out the causes of, you know, what happened. But I don't know why that would, especially if we're just looking at 2018 data. So I'll see what they have out there. Um, one of the things that I noted in the conclusion is, you know, so Morrow's staff says that Ernst's decisions in the Senate have affected worker safety. This is part of the claim where they talk about how she gutted worker safety. And I just don't, I think that's too subjective for us to check. But one of the examples they gave is that she voted in 2017 to repeal an OSHA rule requiring employers to keep records of workplace illnesses and incidents. But I just felt like those like three examples that they sent us were not adequate to to kind of get at the that phrase of being of being subjective. And I guess I wanted to find out whether you guys agreed with that or I mean, do you think that that one is just too that it's too subjective for us to check? Um, I don't know if I would say gutted is too subjective to check. Like I think, you know, if if she had gotten rid of a a large amount of rules um or something like that, I would be okay saying yeah, she gutted them, but um, I don't know. This doesn't seem, maybe I'm just not fully understanding, but it doesn't seem like it's like a huge change. Yeah, and, and they gave a couple other examples too, um, but I just felt like um, we would be really making a determination of whether we thought these specific things were significant enough to constitute gutting you know, I mean, at least slashed is the same kind of word, but at least right. slashed, it relates to dollar amount versus gutting is kind of like a, um, you know, it, it could relate to dollars. It could relate to rules. It could relate to all different sorts of things. And I just didn't know if we would be able to determine that. Yeah. I'm still kind of iffy on that too, but I will say kind of just as I was reading through this claim, I kept thinking back in my mind, like, Oh, but what does this have to do with Joni Ernst? Um, I, I feel like maybe a context of how she voted or maybe like how this ties back to her would be helpful. Because like, as I was looking at this check, I'm like, this feels like more like an attack on the Trump administration than it does on Ernst. Um, I, I kept kind of, you know, it, it, I, I wondered if maybe he was just sort of correlating like, oh, she's a Republican. The president's also Republican. This kind of a general attack. But so I think even if we don't feel comfortable checking that gutted uh, aspect or that gutted claim specifically, I think maybe context on our voting record would be helpful or like, yeah, I think it's good that you included this specific vote um, on an OSHA rule in 2017. Um, but I don't know if maybe like putting that up higher or including that elsewhere or maybe other votes would be, you know, could kind of help us tie it back. What if I started the conclusion section and said, so how does this all relate back to Joni Ernst? And then kind of put in like what Morrow's campaign had given us in terms of these 
three specific votes or whatever. And then we could say, um, but because, you know, this relates to a claim that we're not technically check. I don't know. It feels a little bit weird, but. It seems like a loose connection to Ernst, doesn't it? I mean, just based on, you know, kind of like basing this entire sort of line of thinking on these votes um, that sort of relate, you know, it's unclear how, how well these votes actually even relate to some of the specific claims. Right. Which I think like you run into with political ads all the time, you know, like there's all these um, like sort of like fear mongering ads about Abby Finkenauer because she's, you know, like they're always conflating her with um, like the squad or whatever. Or like Nancy in Pelosi. The house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So it feels like that. Where it's like, well, they both have R's after their names, so they're exactly the same. Well, when yeah, you get into like, it, that's not really true. <laughs> there's like the implication, and then there's the stuff that we're actually able to check that meets our criteria. And I don't, you know, I, I kind of feel torn because I want to provide that context and I want to show why he's even trying to connect this to her. But I also don't want to get into a place where we're checking something that doesn't technically meet our criteria. Yeah, I agree. Back to your thoughts on gutting. I mean, if, if it was gutting in context of budget or the number of workers, you could just say at, at, at the bare minimum, if it's less than what it was before, then gutting could work. But the, in the context of how we said it, it's just so open ended. During Joni Ernst's time in the U.S. Senate, protections for Iowa workers on the job have been gutted. It's, I mean, that's just so open-ended, right? I mean, it could, it could mean anything. Yeah, like correlation doesn't mean causation. Yeah. And is it just that she voted to repeal that one rule? No, I mean, there were a couple other examples they gave. I thought that one was, um, if I recall, I thought that one was the clearest to understand what they were, you know, the point they were making. But I could put all three of those votes in there. And, that, and then the reader can kind of decide whether they think that's relevant or not. Yeah, I think adding the other ones might be good. But I think it's probably best to just not, for us to not give it a grade. It's that's kind of where I came down. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. So given that, that I'm going to put in those extra votes, I think the conclusion is an okay place to put it because then I can kind of say, so how does this come back to Ernst? Let's wrap this up and now we'll, we'll share that with you. And then, so the grade that I gave it, um, I was kind of separating out the specific statements. So I, I think that Morrow gets an F on the statement about OSHA enforcement budgets being slashed. And then he gets A's for his statements about increases in workplace deaths overall and increased for Latino workers. So kind of averaging that, I, I gave him a C overall. What do you guys think? I agree with the, with the first, the A and the, let's see, the F on the first one and the A on the last one. For the one about the, uh, what was the middle one? Workplace deaths increasing overall. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I think how, I mean, if the workforce has grown by 7 million people, I, I think that's important context. I mean, if the rate of work deaths is not really increasing, then, I mean, I kind of feel like that's a little bit out of context. I mean, if, if you're, you know, if, if, if the pool is that much bigger, um, you know, obviously there's going to be more deaths. It's just kind of, you know, 
how it works. So I, I guess I'm just, I feel it for that middle one, I, I would need some more information to decide. Okay. So I can see if those rates are out there and then I guess <clears throat> you can, you know, I mean, we can still point out, even if the rates are not out there, we can point out that, you know, if the workforce overall has increased, there's more likely to be higher death numbers. Say the rate is proportional to the larger workforce. What degree, I mean, I still think it's more true than it is false. That more people are dying? Yeah, I yeah. get, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if if the rate's the same, I don't know, I guess I could go either way, but I feel like that's sort of a little bit misleading to, to say there's more people dying. But there it, are more people dying. But I mean, I think proportionality comes into play, at least in my mind. Okay. Yeah, I think having the rates for the total number and then um, also for the Latino population would be good. I don't know. I think I'm still okay with the A's for both of those, um, even if the, because it is, I mean, literal people, more people have been dying. I don't know if like if it if it was like 10% but before and now it's only like 5% are dying. I don't I might knock it to a B or something if the proportion is like that off. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we pulled some numbers um back when we did that or I pulled some numbers when I was doing that the the one about Donald Trump about like the total workforce. I wonder if I could probably find those uh data sets and you know kind of look over them with you and see what we can figure out. Because I'm trying to think how exactly you'd measure it. Would you just compare the overall number of deaths to the total workforce? It seems like you could if we're not yeah. trying to tease out the different sectors. Mm -hmm. And we just have to make sure we had the same time period, like the same fiscal year or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you have that, that's good. And I can go back to that check too and see what is embedded in there in terms of numbers and how the years match up. Okay. Well, how about we leave it? as well and you know i guess we can leave it here for now that it would be a c grade if the rates are not don't dramatically change things you know if the if the rates now are less or equal to what they were based on the higher number of employees then maybe we consider a different grade than a c fair yeah works, yeah yeah that's fair okay all right. Well, I want to just briefly touch on what our check is for next week. I think we're running out of time a little bit, but um, I know Michaela and I had talked about a new ad that the Iowa Democratic Party has put out. This also is kind of a Joni Ernst attack ad, and we have sourcing on that, but it's, it's a little bit complex. So I don't know, maybe Michaela and I will divvy it up for next week. Does that sound all right, Michaela? Yeah, that sounds great with me. Okay. All right. Well, any other comments, team? It's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to see your faces. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is good to see you guys. All right. Well, uh, the Fact Checker podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert, and our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. So until next time, wash your hands, keep your distance, use Zoom, and check yourself. Oh, ooh, I love that. <laughs> Good job, Aaron. Thanks. <laughs>
he was right here the whole time. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> he did uh, he was, my slumber. He helped <laughs> with the rigor of this fact check. <laughs> Good job, move. I was wondering if you were gonna get like an audio send-off from him. You'd have to like poke him and wake him up and be mean. <laughs> I'll try to get some I'll try to get some audio and record it and we can like kinda overlay it later. <laughs> I'll send it to Steven. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.